Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it is June 21st, it's 2019, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by a new guest, you guys know him on Twitter as BlenderHD, Blenderhead Jordan Cooper. How are you doing, my friend? Great, the, the birds are chirping early in the morning, I got my coffee, the roosters are crowing. So, so I'm, I'm, up, I'm up for it, I'm playing, I'm as if. I, it's the morning grind. I know we record the night before, but just to keep things realistic, I'm recording from uh, from my toilet because that's typically how I spend most of my mornings. All right. Well, as long as you um, are not messing up your morning routine, that's perfectly fine with me. So um, pumped to have you on your show or have you on the show. Uh, first time first time guest and um, hoping to do some more podcasts with you next month. So I'm um, pumped that uh, you're joining me today and ready to get down and break down this slate. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to Fantasy Draft. Check out our sponsor. It's FantasyDraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get access to three months of Roto-Grinders Premium once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. You'll also get access to any cool promos that we run with Fantasy Draft. They have a $25, $7,500 home run in their contest lobby right now. You're only playing against 10 entries. You're not playing against 150. So 10 entries out of 344, it's you know solid odds. You know It's going to be tough to get those types of odds in most tournaments on the bigger sites. So if you haven't checked out Fantasy Draft, make sure and check them out. And they had some overlay in this contest the last couple of days. So uh, maybe there's going to be an overlay and the payout structure is actually pretty solid. So we're going to jump right into this 14-game slate. We start with San Diego at Pittsburgh. Eric Lauer against Joe Musgrove. Um, any interest here in either one of these pitchers? Uh, are we going to do it to ourselves again with Musgrove? They, they tempt us with the 5,500 price tag because if you look at the sample size from uh, like a projection system over the course of a year, year and a half, you think 5,500 is pretty cheap. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, he's unreliable, but he is facing the Padres at home against Pittsburgh. Padres only have a 4.2 run total. There's a lot of strikeouts in that lineup. He's going to face a bunch of righties. You got Machado, Renfro, Reyes, Myers. These are all 20 plus percent strikeout guys. Uh, obviously on the slate, I think we have a lot of high-end pitching options that you may want to take, uh, whether it be in cash or in GPP. So I think that Musgrove could be one of those garbage bin can you get 12 points out of him options that may be, you know, 10 to 12% owned. Yeah. I hate playing Musgrove. Um, but you know, certainly has a little bit of upside. He put up 17 against this team, um, at the beginning of May or towards the middle of May. And the only face in the outing he faced against them. If you give me 17 at 5,500, um, I'm certainly interested. He was 6,400 in that start. So, um obviously the price tag makes him interesting for two pitcher sites um and yeah the matchup is not as great as it seems um because like tatis is back renfro's just stroking the ball reyes has been phenomenal machado is hitting the ball a little bit better recently hosmer has been doing a little bit better but when you start digging into the strikeout stuff that's where you get your upside for musgrove so he's gonna give up a few runs here it's just can he get some strikeouts to make up for it 
Eric Lauer on the other side of this game. I don't mind left-handed pitching against Pittsburgh, but this is just not the guy that I'm going to play. Uh, this is going to be a very right-handed heavy team. He's a 330 Woba, 171 ISO against righties this season, 44.4% hard hit rate, just not generating enough soft contact and not enough strikeouts here um, against the righties. And he's just going to face too many of them here. So don't think I can pull the trigger on Eric Lauer. Uh, do you have any interest in him? No, I mean, it's a run for wrenching spot, but it's a 14 game slate. So if you're going to pay 6,100 for Lauer, just, you know, get your, get your Mylanta and pay 5,500 for Musgrove. Yep. Uh, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Padres bats? Well, obviously the Pittsburgh pen is horrible. So if Musgrove does get hit up in the first two innings, I mean, obviously there's a lot of upside uh, power in the Padres lineup, but these prices, uh, especially if you're going to pay up for a 10 K plus pitcher, I don't see fitting in Tatis at 5,400 or Renfro with 5,200. I don't want to pay over 5k for Padres, especially in, 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 in Pittsburgh. If it was in Texas, if it was in a better ballpark, maybe I think about it. But it's not really a place that I don't think they're going to score enough runs, even if they do get the Musgrove, that it's worth the expectation for these prices. Yeah, like, you know, you mentioned the pricing. I think that's certainly something that might scare people off. Um, if I was going to look at bats here, it'd probably be Renfro and Reyes. You know, Renfro at 5,200, nobody's going to play him. Reyes is a little cheaper at 4,100, so I certainly don't mind him. He's a guy that just has massive power. You know, Renfro's a guy, 347 ISO, 371 Woba. Like, if we're searching for home runs, this is the guy we're searching for. When we look at Musgrove, he does give up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact to righties. So if Renfro doesn't strike out, I expect it to be good contact. So I don't mind those two guys. On the Pittsburgh side of things, you know, uh, Josh Bell's your guy, but we're in Pittsburgh and he's 5,200. Um, it, it's not necessarily the best spot to pay up for him, but he just continues to prove that he's worth this price tag. Well, also you have Brian Reynolds at 5,000. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> just a pricing error or something. And then you have no power at the bottom of the lineup. I could see uh, if you want to punt at third base with the Jung Ho Kang, if he's in the lineup or Elias Diaz on that side, I mean, Lowers is going to give up contact. He's not going to really miss bats. So if you want to punt at one of these positions, I could see. But realize it is a 14-game slate. You have 28 teams to choose from. The Pirates wouldn't be on the top half of my list. Yeah, Bell is a one-off, really. It And, like, am I really going to end up on Bell as a one-off um, at first base in Pittsburgh? Atlanta at Washington. Dallas Keuchel against Steven Strasburg. Um, any interest in Keuchel here making his first start of the season through a hundred and three pitches in his last rehab start. So I'm not too worried about how deep he's going to go here. Well, do you think, I mean, how many strikeouts do you see in this lineup? I mean, you have a couple of lefties in here, but I mean, with Rendon and uh, Kendrick and even Trey Turner, I mean, Keuchel is more of a ground ball pitcher. So he's going to give up some contact, but I don't see enough strikeouts in this lineup that for 8,300, there are other pitchers in this 8k range that I think has better upside for GPPs. I, I guess he's cash viable. I think he's safe, but I don't see him getting 20 plus points in this matchup against the Nationals. I think he's a terrible play today. Like, I really do. I think this is the worst matchup he could have asked for as far as just facing a team. They got five guys in this lineup that have fly ball rates over 45%. So his ground ballness is not really going to really appeal to a team like this. You know, we know Robles and Gomes at the bottom of this order gets the ball up in the air. Not a lot of strikeouts here, like you mentioned. So I actually think I'm going to fade Keiko here. If he goes out and dominates, sure, fine. But, like, even last year, 
he wasn't like this dominant pitcher that he was once before. So I'm going to pass on Keuchel today. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons not to play him. And then Steven Strasburg on the other side of this game, facing one of the hottest offenses in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. Do you have any interest in him? Well, no one's going to play him. I mean, if he's 2% owned, I mean, I think you could take some shots in large field tournaments against him. I don't think anyone's going to play the bats against him either. But with the, we have tons of pitchers in this 10K, 11K range that are in better matchups than paying 10.5K for Strasburg. But I could see an option for, you know, the big 50K GPP that if he's going to be 2 or 3% owned, uh, you could take a shot and then hope the other aces bust. Yeah, like that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I don't see myself really using him. I'm not playing a ton of lineups today. I got a lot of stuff going um, on. So I highly doubt that I make he makes a cut for me. And it's just more of I think this Braves team is just so hot that I'd rather stack the Braves than I would rather play, um, you know, this Steven Strasburg. So uh, let's talk some bats here. Any interest in the Braves bats? I think the stack is a little too expensive. If anything, I could see in a scarce shortstop position playing Dansby Swanson at 3,900 just to fill out a spot. But I think there's better places to go than Freeman. Yeah, you could play the lefty against Strasburg at 4,900, but uh, I'd, I'd prefer it almost in Atlanta rather than in Washington. They have a team total of 4.1 runs. So like the stack prices on this, there are other teams that are in that are, have a run higher total that'll cost the same amount of money. And you have to fill it out with uh, Acuna or Marcakis, Donaldson, Free. I mean, to fill that five-man stack, uh, th there's really no cheap options here where you could fit in an 11K. If, you, if you're going to try to fit in Chris Sale today, like, you can't play the Braves. Yeah. Um, if you want to pay down a pitcher, um, like you said, uh, maybe this is a Musgrove team. Like, maybe I'm rolling out a Musgrove Braves stack. <laughs> never, that never ends well, right? Like that, it doesn't like it doesn't even roll off the tongue. It just doesn't even sound good um, when you're thinking about rolling out uh, Musgrove in a Brave stack against Steven Strasburg. But I, I don't think I won off him here. I think if the way that I attack the Braves and the way that I play the Braves is, I would stack them. Um, Washington here against Keuchel. He is a ground ball guy, like you mentioned. Um, Anthony Rendon, though, we we know how good he is against lefties. Does he, you know? trigger your interest at all well i think there's just better options if it was a smaller slate i could see playing rendon i'm think i'm more interested in the more scarce positions like second base and catcher if you want to go down and play brian dozier as a one-off or gomes as at 2600 i mean what typically a catcher you're either in cash especially like you're either going up or going all the way down so uh i mean calculate will give up some contact i mean it's not like i love jan gomes but he's 2600 and he can't hit fly balls and you never know what's going to happen yeah man it's it's just tough to pull the trigger here like you said if it was a smaller slate i'd probably have some interest in these guys like maybe uh really quick uh looking up dozier's price is he really cheap well 3700 on dk I think I could pull the trigger on like Robles and Dozier as maybe like a two man as a second half of a stack and just try to get some value um, as much as they hit the ball up in the air. And, you know, they do have some pops. So I don't maybe potentially look at that like a two man towards the bottom of the order to be different, too. And they'll probably be pretty low owned against Keiko. Um, Miami at Philadelphia, we have Sandy Alcantara against uh, Aaron Nola. Any interest here in Alcantara? I think he's not that bad of a pitcher. I just don't think this is the right matchup. 
Uh, I mean, there are strikeouts in the in the Phillies lineup because I tend to stack them way too often and they give me nothing. So I, I know this very well. Uh, I mean, typically you'd go the lefties against Alcantara, like Harper and Bruce. Uh, but Segura is pretty cheap at four four thousand. Real Muto fills your catcher slot at forty two hundred. I could definitely see running a one to five stack in in and you don't even have to go down to those Musgrove garbage lineups because no one here is more expensive. I mean, forty seven hundred for Bruce. You could kind of fit in a five man stack of maybe twenty one point eight k, and that's still enough for you to give uh, get a, get a nice ten k pitcher there. I mean, Kingery is way too expensive, but you could always throw in a Franco or Hernandez. Uh, into the, I think this is more of a stacking team than uh, you stack against Alcantara than than play him. Yeah, he's a good real life pitcher. It's just I, I don't think it's ever going to transcend translate into being like a big time fantasy pitcher. So for me, I'll probably pass on him here. Um, Aaron Nola, talk about just a guy that's been very tilting this year. Um, he draws a matchup that probably is one of the best matchups he's going to see. You're not getting that like you know discount, or I guess you are getting a discount. He's 8K. I read it wrong the first time. Like this has to be a guy that's probably going to be like the chalkiest pitcher, if not the chalkiest pitcher on the slate. No, I agree with you. I mean, take a look at how many righties are in the Marlins lineup, and Granderson as a lefty, he strikes out a lot, regardless of the fact. So I mean, Nola obviously he has a walk problem. So it's one of those types of things that if he gets into trouble, I mean the Marlins could string up a bunch of hits against him, but they almost have no power. So I'm not as concerned with the walks with Nola, but uh, from a mid-range pitcher, I think if you're going to play, if you're going to play a 10K pitcher and a mid-range pitcher, I think Nola is going to be. Uh, if he's too owned, I could see if he's at 26, 28 percent owned in GPP that you just fade it and. You know, just hope he gets into trouble. But if you see him underneath, you know, 16, 18% in GPP, I'm more likely to go double the field on it. Yeah, there's a guy that I love in this price range as a pivot, and we'll talk about him here in a few. But I, I do think, like, Nola is my cash game guy. Like, he's your SP2 in cash games. There's no reason to necessarily overthink this uh, very right-handed heavy team, Aaron Nola. Throughout his career, has been very dominant against righties. Not the same this year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we're at that point of the season where we can certainly start looking at the season stats. And he has struggled, but I I'm just not overthinking this one. Uh, Nola is certainly the SP2 in cash for me. Uh, any Miami bats that you like here? Uh, not really. I mean, if anything, you'd play the lefty. You play if Granderson's high in the order. I mean, for 3,300, I mean, it's a one-off type of play. I mean, Miguel Rojas has been leading off at shortstop. 3300 it's kind of a punch shortstop play but really what's his what's his ceiling it's it's something that if you need to do it in cash so yeah i guess you can but i'm not going out of my way for for e even even stacking the marlins i it, it's cheap but I, there's actually another team that's almost as cheap that i would prefer to stack as what i would call a vomit type of stack <laughs> um philly bats here you know when we're looking at it i think you nailed it i think this is a team that you potentially stack instead of you know trying to play one-offs i like that they moved harper to the leadoff spot um i thought that was a very interesting lineup um, move i wonder if they're going to do it moving forward but they got to do something he needs to do, he needs to see something like he's just he's just off this season so I'm with you. I think if I'm approaching Philadelphia here, I stack them. I hate paying 4700 for Jay Bruce, but 
as much as he hits the ball up in the air and as much power as he's had this season, like if you're stacking Philly, you got to play Jay Bruce. And it's just, it's weird. Well, the hope on the stack is that you get to the Miami pen early and that oh, pen yeah. is horrible. Also, once Jen is in, essentially that's you're, you're that's going to be three home runs right there. Yeah. And not only that, like, you know, not only is the bullpen bad, but you know, this is a spot where the ballpark is good for home runs. So, um, moving on, we got Houston at New York, Brad Peacock, James Paxton, any interest here in Peacock? Uh, against this Yankees lineup now? I, I don't know if I have an interest in any pitcher against the Yankees with all the, well, I mean, if Judge is back, I mean, like, yes, obviously Peacock, uh, against righties is great, but I mean, these aren't your typical righties. I could see taking a shot with Peacock, but I don't even like him at Yankee stadium. He could get 11 strikeouts. You're right, but he could also give up 11 runs. So for 7,800 on DK, like I'm, I'm passing. Yeah, like the matchup is not terrible for him. He said he's been very good against righties throughout his career. Um, you know, he does have a good pitch profile for righties. You know, sinker slider combo, which is good when you're facing a, a right-handed heavy power team. He's able to keep them off balance. So. I don't think I'd play Peacock here, but I don't know if I necessarily would stack the Yankees in this spot either. So um, for me, it's a pass on Peacock, but I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up 20 fantasy points. Uh, Paxton on the other side of this game, he's been struggling. Um, he's cheap. Do you play the price game or do you pass and uh, move on to you know fight another day? I think this is the perfect position in GPP to uh, check out uh, Jamino's projected ownership. And uh, if he's going to be popular fade him and if he's going to not be popular play a lot of them because i think uh, just from a baseline talent perspective paxton really should be a 10k pitcher uh if you take away some of his struggles this year and the lineup that uh, the astros are putting out you still don't have springer you still don't have correa the bottom of that lineup has a lot of strikeouts i mean even chirinos tyler white i mean guriel won't strike out much i mean i don't know if he has 10k upside but, I mean, he could go seven innings, pitch uh, and eight Ks. And for 8,100, that's pretty good. So, like, I could see in cash, if you don't want to pay up for the 10K-plus arms, playing Paxton and Nola together. And if not, you're doing that in GPP, especially if uh, people are going to go elsewhere. Yeah, he's certainly a guy that you want to look at, the projected ownership. He's 8,100. There's a good chance that Brantley and Alvarez are in this lineup too. And I know Alvarez has a 0% K rate, but it's six plate appearances. He's a young rookie with a ton of power, but Paxton's a crafty veteran with a massive strikeout rate against lefties throughout his whole entire career. So I would be very wary um, of playing Alvarez here. Let's talk Houston bats. Realistically, I think the only two guys that I would play from Houston in this spot are Bregman and Altuve. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to. It's a big slate, good ballpark. Bregman at forty-seven seems very tempting. Um, uh, Altuve is thirty-eight hundred. Like that, you're not going to get Altuve that cheap that long, especially against a lefty. Um, any Houston bats that you like here? I think in cash, I think Altuve is perfectly fine at second base for thirty-eight hundred. I think there are better matchups at third and short for that price at forty-seven hundred that you could go elsewhere. But I could see, uh. Instead, of, like, I would never stack against Paxton. I mean, he could get into trouble, but really, I, I want to take the right-handed power bats, especially if they fill uh, scarce positions. So, like, Bregman, Altuve, Chirinos, as, like, a three-man, you get the home runs in Yankee Stadium, and you don't have to worry about, you know, 
you're not going to string up hits against Paxton. He's either going to have too many walks. You're going to give up a home run. So uh, playing a three-man righty power Astro stack against a, uh, like another five man you combine it with, I could see being possible. Yeah. I like that call. Um, I, Torino's, I hate paying up a catcher. Um, it's one of my least favorite things to do, but you put it in a Musgrove lineup. (laughs) That's true. Um, I still hate paying up for catcher. I would, I would rather play like two five K hitters, um, in the outfield than play a pay up a catcher. But Torino's is a guy that I'd never mind playing, um, 12 home runs on the season. You know, he's a catcher that gives you a home run upside. So I, I don't hate that. I like that call. Um, he's, he's got a good eye, too. A lot of catchers do. But um, Yankees bats, I kind of gave my thoughts on the Yankees already. Um, I, I really don't know if I want to play the Yankees today. Um, you know, do you have interest in the Yankees here? I mean, I guess you could play Didi Gregorius, 3,800 at shortstop. I mean, Peacock, I, I, I don't want to stack against. And I typically want to take lefties against. And Gregorius could obviously hit a... Home running Yankee Stadium against him. I mean, Stanton looks cheap at 4,300, but that's also against Peacock could be five strikeouts. So it, it's kind of a boom or bust matchup. And the prices on these Yankees are extremely expensive. So if you're going to stack them up, if anything, I, 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 they'd need to score 12 runs in order to pay that off. Yeah, like Luke Voigt profiles really well. You know, hits sinkers, hits sliders well. Um, you know, if you want to pull the trigger on that, but... Honestly, it's just not a spot that I love. Um, Houston, you know, they have a good bullpen too. It's not like Peacock's going to go out there and, you know, have a bad bullpen behind him. So it's a game of good bullpens and a game I just don't love the bats. And I probably like, I should have some pieces. Um, but yeah. Toronto at Boston, Trent Thornton, Chris Sale. Any interest here in Thornton? I mean, you could play him. I won't, but uh, 7,100. I mean, he, he has upside at that price. Uh, Trent Thornton, I think, is could have a great performance. He could also get you know destroyed in three innings. Uh, I don't te- te- really want to pick on the Red Sox typically, uh, but uh, it's a there's 28 teams on the slate. I'm probably Trent Thornton in GPP. If he was three percent owned, I could see playing a little of, but I'm not going to go out of my way about it. Yeah, I don't think I've pulled the trigger on Thornton today. I do like some 8K guys, and I just don't know if it's necessarily the spot that I'll pull the trigger. So I'm going to pass on Thornton today. Um, I will be playing Chris Sale. Um, as good as as good as good left-handed pitchers have dominated the Toronto Blue Jays this season, I know it did not work out with Andrew Heaney the other day, and I apologize a million times, but, hey, I played him like 80%. So, um I, I love Chris Sale. I think he's the top pitcher on the slate, and I don't even know if it's necessarily that close. I guess Bauer is the other guy you're potentially looking at, and we'll talk about him in the next game, but I love Sale here. I think he goes out and dominates this Blue, Jays, Blue Jays team at home. Well, I don't I don't think you could get a better matchup. I mean, even with the righties in the lineup, these strikeout rates are very high. Smoke is out. You don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, the only issue that I think with Sale for whether it be cash or GPP, is do you need sale? Like, obviously, if he puts up a 50-point game and he's 50% owned in cash, you're going to need him. But there are other pitchers on the slate that are cheaper. If you're going to play sale and Nola together, I mean, that's 20K at pitcher, and you're punting a catcher, you're punting at shortstop, you're probably not getting a 5K outfield bat. And you could play pitchers that are 1K, 1,200 cheaper that could put up a good enough score. If Sale puts up 32 and another pitcher that you play play puts up 27, like the five-point difference 
but that salary may not matter that much. I think in GPP, if sale is 30 plus percent owned, I'm more likely to be underweight because there's plenty of other options. I'm not saying that Chris Sale is going to go out and pitch a bad game. Just a matter of, is this going to be a seven inning, nine strikeout game, or is it going to be an eight inning, 14 strikeout game? And depending on the ownership, uh, that 30% range in GPP on a 14 game slate is kind of where I, I, I kind of put, pull it back a little because I just don't think the expectation is that high for that ownership. Yeah. And I completely understand, um, you know, when you're looking at sale, double digit strikeouts in eight of the last 10 games. Um, so like, I, I feel like his ceiling is 50. Um, I, I think you're potentially looking at like 30 to 35, is that enough? We'll have to see. Um, it really depends on like how the few guys under him do. Um, do they put up 25 to 30 and kind of offset it? But I think if I'm playing cash today, I, I think I'm punting catcher and I'm playing Sal and Nola um, is probably how I approach cash today. But there is another 8K guy, like if you don't want to play Sale, that I feel comfortable with in this spot. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, any Toronto bats? I, I don't want to. I mean, I don't even think you're going to get leverage, even if you do. Like, I wouldn't stack against Sale. But on a 14-game slate, like, even if you think Sale is going to be 30-plus percent owned and go, well, let me take a 1% owned bat against him. It's like you could find a 1% owned bat in some other game that you don't have to play against Sale. I mean, if anything, I mean, 3,200 for Randall Gritchick, I guess. But, I mean, it seems like every time I open up the MLB app, he's striking out, so... Uh, against sale that's not even the greatest of matchups so like if you're gonna take anyone sure danny jansen's always 2100 but there's also other cheap catchers that we don't even have to play jansen or molly or whoever's down there even if you're punting i mean gomez for the nationals is 2600 so like even if you're thinking of sale is going to be very popular let me stack against him like it's a 14 game slate you don't have to do that yeah, you got Zanino down there. Um, like you have some punt catchers, like you said, Gomes. So I don't think today's the day that you necessarily have to play Jansen. Um, Boston Bats here. You know, Thornton's a guy that typically struggles with lefties. 365 Woba, 242 ISO against lefties this season. Um, but like you're not getting your typical righties here and, and it'd be interesting to see um, if Devers is back in the lineup here. Um, I know that they said it wasn't going to be an IL trip event. It's just, you know, tightness. Um, but they said that there's a good chance he might sit um, for Friday as well. So, like, that takes out one of the bats that you want to use against Thornton. So what are you doing here with the Red Sox? Well, Red Sox are a horrible team to stack because the top three hitters are all outfield eligible, and you're taking up all your spots right there. Bogarts is shortstop. Yeah, great, 5,200. Uh, righty, righty, I'd rather the lefties. I mean, if anything... Looking at the expected lineup, maybe you take a Brock Holt one-off or something that may be 3% owned. But it's just that the Red Sox are, are always priced up, no matter what the matchup, that the combined, I mean, you're going to be paying uh, on a five-man stack. You're going to be paying 24 k And yeah, Trent Thornton's not the greatest of pitchers, but it's one of those situations where you're filling up all your outfield spots, so you need to nail all of them. So Red Sox would need to put up 10, 12 runs in order to, to pay that price off. Yeah, not saying they can't, but there's a good chance that it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Toronto bullpen's not great. Uh, so obviously, like, they have that going for them. But I actually don't hate the Holt call. If Devers is out, Holt might bat, like, fifth or sixth. And he's cheap. He's second base. Um, 
you play him in the outfield too if you want, but you're probably going to use him more at second base. So if Devers sits uh, to Holt, might get that lineup bump, and I don't hate that. Um, never hate Ben Nintendi either. He's a guy I, I really feel like the Red Sox are going to get going here, but I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'm so, so biased. Uh, Detroit at Cleveland, Matt Boyd, Trevor Bauer, eight total. Bauer, a 200 favorite here. Any interest in Matt Boyd? Uh, he'll he'll be 0.1% owned. Uh, it's not that Matt Boyd is a bad pitcher. I think this is a poor matchup for him, and I don't think he's necessarily worth 9,700 in the context of this slate. Yes, he could go out and pitch a 35-point game. He could go and strike out 10 guys, but I mean, you're, you're dealing with uh, a lineup that has a ton of switch hitters, uh, you know, you're barely gonna face. You're gonna face basically Martin Bowers, Kipnis as lefties, and outside of the lefties, Boyd is kind of a, a average fly ball pitcher. And uh, you know, of course, you could say he's two percent on one, and I take a shot on it. But for ninety seven hundred, I mean, there there are plenty of other pitchers on the slate that I'd rather not mess around with him. Yeah, like it's just a weird slate. Like Mike Leak, eighty seven hundred, like. Marquis, uh Marquez against uh the Dodgers, nine thousand, Boyd ninety seven hundred. Like uh, again, one of the reasons that I like sales so much is because I just think he's so far ahead of these other guys that you know I just I never hate playing Matt Boyd. I probably play him more than most. Um I, I don't hate the matchup. I I hate the price tag and I hate um I hate like the fact that I don't think he wins this game. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue when you're paying this price for him. Can he go out and win and get strikeouts? I, I think it's not likely going to happen here today. Um, if you're mass multi-entering, I would certainly have some exposure to Boyd, especially if he's going to be 3 to 5% owned um, if you're playing 150 teams. Trevor Bauer on the other side of this game, he just absolutely dominated this team. Like He just went out and... You know, absolutely dominated this team. Nine inning, complete game shutout. Um, does that worry you that he just faced them? Uh, do you like it still, or what? Are you, what are you doing? He's pitched, you know, against this team twice. One very successful, one not so successful. Well, I'm not scared of the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers have uh, extreme strikeout rates, and like everyone's right-handed pretty much. The thing that I like the most about Trevor Bauer is that like they'll let him pitch 125 pitches. Like I know that uh, e even from a floor perspective of like, you know, he could give up three runs and still pitch eight innings. He could he could only get through six strikeouts. But I mean, his leash is probably the longest of probably long, longer than sale even that uh, if he's pitching at least just average, like his floor could be 18 to 20 points. Uh, would I play him over sale for 900 less? Probably not. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay thirty seven hundred for a catcher when I could just pay twenty six hundred for a catcher and then just get sale or something like that. So I wouldn't prioritize Bauer, but this could be the instance in GPP on this slate where Bauer goes significantly under owned for his expectation because too many people are playing sale. Yeah, um, it's kind of where I'm at. I, I think I prefer sale over Bauer. Um, I don't even know how many teams I'd have to build before I would start building Bauer teams over sale, but he obviously showed us his ceiling in the last matchup against this team. Um, he had been struggling a little bit before that. And like, obviously that concerns me, but again, it's Detroit. <laughs> it's, it's a really good matchup on paper. Um, uh, 
I, I think I pay up for sale. I, I like your philosophy there. Um, $2,600 catcher or a $3,500 catcher. Um, we all know which one I'm taking. Uh, so, like, let, let's just be honest. Um, any bats in this game just in general? Like, I, I really just don't see anything that I would be, like, uh, like I'm super excited about on either side outside of maybe, like, a Luplo one-off. Um, but really, I'm just – I'm probably not playing anything here. Well, Jose Ramirez, 3500 Mr. In-Play-Out, you could do it. I mean, we, we have – if you look at a projection system that puts, uh, you know, a two-year sample size – Jose Ramirez should be a $5,000 player, but then you watch the game and you go, oh, this, he might as well be Jose Iglesias. So uh, against Boyd, uh, I mean, yes, he's a switch hitter, so we'll have the platoon. Uh, if you're going to punt at third base, I mean, I'd rather play Jose Ramirez than Jung Ho Kang, uh, but I think there may be better options. I definitely wouldn't stack against Boyd. You take one-off power bats, you play someone like Luplo, you play maybe Roberto Perez, 3,900. Apparently he's a home run hitter now. Uh, or or even Lindor at forty six hundred at shortstop just to fill a scarce position. I mean, I'm not rushing to play Kipnis lefty lefty at thirty four hundred when Altuve is four hundred more. Uh, and then on the the Detroit side, like if you need to, if you need to punt outfield, I mean, Kristen Stewart's thirty four hundred, but that could that could be two hits and a stolen base. It could also be four strikeouts. So you don't know what you're going to get there. And then you also have Hicks at twenty two hundred as a catcher. But there are plenty of other cheap catchers that maybe you don't want to play the one against Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I, I honestly, I just, I, I doubt I'm playing anybody from this game hitters wise. Um, one of the lowest totals on the slate of eight, two really, really solid pitchers, 14 game slate. Now do I need to say more? Uh, White Sox and Rangers, 11 and a half total Renardo Lopez against Ariel Gerardo. Um, <laughs> 11 and a half total in Texas usually tells us one thing. It's going to be hot and it's going to be 93 at first pitch. Um, either one of these pitchers pique your interest at all. Uh, I'd rather play. I'm at the point where I'd rather play Musgrove twice than play this. Any of these pitchers once. <laughs> yeah. I'm not pulling the trigger on either one of these guys. Let's talk some bats here. Um, Chicago. I think one of the, one of my favorite plays on the entire slates here is Jimenez um, going up against a guy that has shown a lot of reverse splits tendencies now um, throughout the season and a little bit last year as well. Um, and, and Jimenez is a guy, he's 4,800. I really don't think a lot of people will pull the trigger on him at that price. Um, what do you like here for the White Sox? I think the best bat on the White Sox is Yonder Alonso at 3,400. Lefty on righty. And Urado is, he's more of a ground ball pitcher. So like he's, I'm, I'm not really looking to stack at these prices. I mean, when I looked at first on the slate, I'm like, why is the White Sox so expensive <laughs> for a team that strikes out at like 22%? Like, I know Urado doesn't really have swing and miss stuff. In fact, he probably has negative swing and miss stuff. But, like, I'm not trying to play Yolmer Sanchez or Charlie Tilson at the bottom of the order. I don't want to play, play uh, Tim Anderson 4,700 at shortstop. So it seems like the type of thing where, yes, you could play Eloy at 4,800 as a one-off. Uh, I mean, Moncada, five. Th it's just I, I just don't like the prices. I like the prices on the Texas bats more than the White Sox. Yeah, I was trying to pull up Fanduel so slow sometimes. Usually, like they don't price yeah, at least for the first game of a series. Um, so I'm I'm curious. I was just wanting to see like what the White Sox prices were over there. So it looks like you know Jose Abreu's 39, Moncada's 36. 
Um, you're getting these guys a lot cheaper on Fanduel than you are both sides of this game. You're both sides of this game. You're getting it a lot cheaper on Fanduel today, uh, which obviously is probably going to raise the ownership over there for sure. The Texas side, I think all these guys are in play. Renardo Lopez, massive fly ball guy that gives up hard contact to both sides of the plate, strikes out righties at a nice 24% clip. But this is a spot that you couldn't talk me off of anybody outside of Andrus because I hate playing that guy. Well, I think the stack here is cheap for the expectation. I mean, 6.3 runs, it's the highest team total on the slate. And you have Mazzara sitting there at 4,300. Calhoun at 4,500. I mean, Chu is 5,000. Cabrera is 4,100. We'll always have the platoon. I mean, Odor is either a strikeout or a home run. Fills your second base spot. Guzman even. I mean, you can even you play Federitz or whoever catches. If Jeff Mathis is in. I mean, he's probably under 3K. Uh, I think this is going to be the most popular stack uh, because of the price and the run total. So I could see uh, fading, uh, like I could see leaving off Delano de Shields because of the complete lack of power, or I could see playing if you want to get different, playing like kind of the bottom of the order, playing like Mazzara, Calhoun, Cabrera, Odor, Guzman, and then leave off Andrews and Chu, or do one of one of the two. Have the catcher don't play Odor and play Altuve as a one-off as a second baseman. I just think that at these prices, I don't think. If you're going to play the the one to five, which includes the five K hitters, you're probably not playing Sale in that lineup, but you probably can play Sale a Sale Musgrove type of lineup with the bottom of the order. The only problem with that is that I think that's going to be a very popular GPP construction. Yeah, um, I don't really have much to add. Um, I, I my favorite hitter from Texas is probably uh, Calhoun. Um, he's one of the cheaper ones and. When he's been called up this year, like he's just been really good. Like he had that little bit of an injury, even ever since he's come back from injury. Like he he didn't get a hit in his first game back, but he's gotten a hit in the three games since then. Um, he's just a guy that's just been hitting. Um, and you know that's kind of important when you're playing a game. You know you have a white ball and you have a little uh, wood bat. You got to hit the ball. Um, and um, he certainly does that. So Calhoun's probably my favorite play. From Texas, but you'd, you know, you'd play him over Mazzara at forty three hundred. I would. Um, I probably will play both of them, but Calhoun's my favorite out of those out of that group. Um, Cincinnati and Milwaukee. How disappointing was this game yesterday? Um, Sunny Gray, Chase Anderson, nine total. Uh, Anderson, a slight favorite here. Any interest in Sunny Gray? No, not against the lefties in the Milwaukee lineup. Yeah, you know that's what I said yesterday, and. Yeah, it never showed up. Yelich showed up. Um, anyway, um, I, I don't think I'll play Sonny Gray here. Um, you know, when we start digging into the stats, we, we know what we're getting with Sonny Gray. Very good Milwaukee team. Very good against lefties. Sonny Gray has been a little reverse splitsy this season. 31.8% strikeout uh, against lefties. But to be honest, like, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense um, when you start digging into the pitch profile on why he's dominating lefties so much. Um, so I, I think we're we're going to see some massive regression with Sonny Gray on his numbers against lefties before the end of the season. Like, if we start digging into, like, the ex-WOBA on a lot of his stuff and the ex-ISO, like, on his pitch stuff, he has a lot of regression coming to lefties, and there's just so many lefties in this lineup. Maybe they hit the ball today. Uh, Chase Anderson on the other side, uh, any interest in him? 
Uh, I don't think he has any upside for GPP, and uh, I'd I'd rather eleven hundred less is Joe Musgrove. It always comes down <laughs> to fifty five hundred. I mean, like what what the what's really the difference between him and Chase Anderson? I mean, like I just I'll save the money and play a pitcher that could get blown up as much as Chase Anderson can. Uh, let's talk bats here. Um, what do you like here for Cincinnati? Uh, if anything, you play the lefties. I mean, in in Milwaukee. But I mean, the prices aren't all that great. I mean, I don't, I don't want to play Votto no matter what his price is. But I mean, yeah, sure. I don't know why Stenzel forty nine hundred. I think if against Chase Anderson, but this is not really the game that I'm looking for bats. At least on the Cincinnati side. I don't mind Suarez, uh, Chase Anderson, reverse splits, 54% hard hit rate, 253 ISO against righties this season. We know Suarez is the best righty in this lineup um, right now. Senzel in, in five years might be better, but right now Suarez is the best. So I actually don't hate like a two-man with Dietrich and Suarez. Um, you know, Dietrich I'll play every day. The guy's just that good. So that's kind of only what I'm looking at for Cincinnati. Um, Winker's not terrible, I guess, but... He's got like I'm not playing Votto, so like making that stack is just weird with one three four. So maybe on the back end of a of a five man if I'm playing on DK or a fantasy draft, but that's kind of it. Um, the Milwaukee side of things, like you know, obviously like Yelich um, and Mustakis would probably be my favorite too. Um, what do you like here from Milwaukee? Well, you could always try to get a cheap home run from Travis Shaw at twenty nine hundred. That price tag is very tempting. I, I can't lie. Like, you know, 2,900 is just, it's very tempting. I just don't think that you're going to stack in this case against Sonny Gray. I mean, the, the price is going to be ridiculous because I don't see stacking Milwaukee without Yelich in the lineup. I mean, it's one of those things just like the Angels where there's no point to me, at least, in stacking the Angels without Mike Trout, and he's going to be the most expensive bat. And then once you shove Yelich in your stack and Moustakis and Grandal, the Philip catcher spot, now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, your pitchers are going to be, you know, it's basically you're playing Musgrove and, and someone really in the garbage bin, uh, which I guess you can do that. But I don't think Sonny Gray is that bad of a pitcher where, yeah, he could give up one or two home runs, but I don't, I don't see him giving up 10 runs and getting blown out of the game. Yeah, man, I, I would not be shocked, to be honest. Like when I when I was looking into his pitch profile last time, um, that's why it's kind of still fresh in my mind, but. I dig some digging on Gray and like his, like I said, his X ISO and X Woba are just ridiculously high. Uh, he has some regression coming, but does it start here? You never know. He might not start for the, rest, the whole year. Like he's a guy that generates ground balls. Sometimes the numbers are thrown off when you when you get a ground ball pitcher. So, um, let's see. Moving on, Minnesota, Kansas City, Martin Perez, jo Jacob Junis, uh, ten total here. Perez, uh, one fifty favorite. Uh, any interest in Perez? Uh, I think he's a cash game viable pitcher. I think against uh, the Royals lineup, which is not good. Uh, there are strikeouts there. I mean, Martin Perez had a little short period where he was actually a decent pitcher. And now he's kind of an average pitcher. But the Royals aren't a good team. Uh, I mean, I'd rather play Nola at 8,000 than Perez at 7,600. Uh, I don't think Perez at 7,600 is not necessarily the greatest of GPP plays. I don't see him coming out and eight, nine strikeouts in this matchup. But uh, if if you didn't want to play Nola or Paxton, uh, I mean, there are worse places. The guy played Martin Perez over Musgrove, so that has to say something, right? 
<laughs> I played Perez in this spot last time out. Uh, he faced Kansas City, put up 16.8. He gave up four runs and struck out seven. Probably going to be right around the same thing here. Um, you know, it's going to be hot in Kansas City. Going to have some wind blowing out to left center. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't have. That's not good for a lefty because you know he's going to be facing the righties. But there's just not a ton of power in this lineup. Uh, so for me, I, I really don't hate this spot um, for Perez. And it really depends on the next game that we're going to talk about, the weather in that game. Because my pitcher that I really want to play is in the next game. And if there's weather in that game, I might pivot to Perez. So uh, really going to depend on that. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, Jacob Junis on the other side, though. I, I know the Twins have been a little cold lately. But I, I think this is a spot they could get it going. Like, Sparkman dominated them yesterday. Um, and, and that was very tilting. Um, so I, I think this is a spot that... You know, I, I'm not playing Junis. I, I got excited, too. Like, Polanco hit that first inning home run, and I'm like, here we go. Uh, twin stacks all, all loaded up, and just never really happened. Well, with Junis, I mean, I'm not even looking. I mean, at 6,300, I mean, I'm. it all comes down. It seems like this 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 whole, this whole episode is, is this guy better than a 5,500 Joe Musgrove? And I go... Absolutely not. I mean, I guess there are some uh, righty strikeouts at the bottom of the, the order, but I'm more inclined to play bats against Junis than play Junis. Yeah, even the strikeouts, the, the guys that like are the strikeouts at the bottom, like all of them can take him deep. <laughs> so with it being a hot day in Kansas City, uh, Minnesota, one of my favorite stacks. I know they burned me on Thursday, but short memory tells me to go right back to the Twins here um, against Junis. I think if you're going to stack the Twins... The issue that you have that you you fill three outfield spots, and one of the things when when I play uh, multiple GPP lineups is that like the opportunity cost at outfield is so high if you, you're going to use all three in a stack because especially on a 14 game slate, there's obviously going to be tons of other outfielders that could double dong, and uh, although the stack could do well if five thousand dollar Max Kepler only has 12 points, you're probably not going to win a GPP. So I think. That uh, the Twins against Junis looks good if you're going to use Polanco. I, I would think either get rid of Kepler or Cruz since they're the most expensive parts of that stack and then play Rosario, Crone, Sano, or even if you're going to play two outfielders, play Jake Cave because he's cheap and he's probably going to be the lowest owned out of all of them. Like it. Uh, I like it. I, I don't ever hate like getting away from Cruz. He's a guy, obviously, that can hit three home runs in a game. But he's always like my least favorite to stack when I'm looking at this team. Um, Polanco is probably my favorite. He just continues to give us upside at shortstop. And, you know, very few guys do that nowadays. So I, I do like Polanco. Well, I'd much uh, rather play Polanco than Bregman against Paxton. I mean, that's when we were talking about shortstop before. I think for cash games, uh, Polanco at 4,600 against Junis is probably the safest matchup at shortstop. Unless you're going all the way down and punting shortstop, I think. I'd rather play Polanco than Lindor against Boyd. So just looking at the matchup, it's like there are other good shortstops to play in cash, but Junis is the worst pitcher out of all those shortstop matchups. Yeah, like I, I think Polanco is my favorite play at shortstop. I, I do like the DD call. You know, you mentioned DD's 3,800 um, against Peacock. I don't hate that if you want to pay down at shortstop, but there's a good chance that I play Polanco um, at shortstop today. The Kansas City side of things, 
you know, I never hate playing Whit Merrifield against the lefty. He's the guy that does the damage against lefties in this lineup. Um, he's really the only guy that I have interest in. Solaire has pop, but he just strikes out at such a high clip that I don't think I can pull the trigger. There's no way I pay 5100 for Whit Merrifield in the, in, in on a on a 14 game <laughs> slate. Like it's, if I'm gonna pay if I'm paying 5100, I'm paying for someone that that hits 30, 40 home runs in a a year. So like there's there's no like Merrifield is great in Royal stacks, but like I look at this lineup and go, if you want to try for a cheap home run, maybe like Jorge Bonifacio. But I mean, he's he's he strikes out like it seems like every time. I mean, like this this is a whole. That's why I'd rather play Martin Perez. I look at this lineup and go, go. You know what am I doing here? I'm never going to play Billy Hamilton. You know Martin Maldonado is a you know ah, punting at catcher. Just that I, I just don't <laughs> see a need to play any of these guys. Hey, Maldonado hit a home run the other night, and I, I was losing money in it. Like it put me in the plus. Um, it was, it was a good home run. So going back to those punk catchers. Um, yeah, like it, there's just nothing sexy about the Royals lineup. It, it's just ugly, especially against lefties. Um, all right. One of the games that I've been waiting to talk about, it's the angels and the Cardinals Griffin canning against Michael Waka nine total pick him game, which is a freaking joke. Um, this game is the one game that I'm a little concerned with weather, but it looks like it moves in pretty early and it moves out. Uh, we'll have to see what Roth has to say, but Griffin Canning is one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. I love this spot for him. He's shown us a ton of upside. Um, he has struggled a little bit with righties in the small sample that we've had for him, but this team's just struggling so much right now that I love Griffin Canning here. Um, this is one of those guys, if I'm playing two 8K guys, like a Nola Canning um, team looks really juicy. Well, I'm looking at this this matchup, and I actually think the opposite, that All I'm right. more likely. I, I think that the matchup is great because the Cardinals look horrible. I mean, they, they're essentially, what, like, to, like the 29th offensive team in the past month. Like the Marlins are the only team worse than them. But I think the bias on that that the Cardinals have been so bad. You look at these prices, Paul Goldschmidt, 3,800. I mean, it's just, the Cardinals are such a cheap stack against uh, a pitcher that can give up hard contact. Now, obviously this is GPP perspective. If canning is going to be popular, I'm much more likely to have zero of him and play Cardinals bats against him. But if canning, if you tell me canning is going to be 6% owned, I'm all on board with you. I'd be like, I guess people don't realize the Cardinals are bad. And if it's if he's going to be six percent, I'll have twenty five percent. Yeah, and they're one of the worst teams in baseball uh, against sliders. Um, you know, if you want to play the pitch perspective, so they're a team that strikes out a lot against sliders, um, especially since like two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, like recent data. Uh, so I, I like a lot of this matchup for Canning. He has an above average slider going to be facing a lot of righties, and he throws his slider forty seven percent of the time against righties. So. I man, this is a spot that I, I'm just so excited about this spot. I hope that I'm the only one that gets super excited about it. And like you said, he's 6% owned, but I think that honestly, I think Aaron Nola is going to help with um, Canning's ownership on the slate. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think that Nola will be 20 plus percent owned and Canning maybe in the 10 to 12% range. I mean, it's a 14 game slate. So obviously pitching is going to be kind of spread out, but that's why I, out of all the situations, I think Paxton and Canning are the two uh, starting pitching situations where I'm looking to monitor ownership to make my decision more than is this a good matchup or not? Because I'd rather, like, if you tell me that they're both similarly owned, Canning and Paxton are both 8 to 10% owned, 
I'm going to take Paxton over Canning. I just think just, I'm going to bet on talent more, but I think a lot of people know that this Cardinals team is bad uh, and they're going to try to pick on him, but the prices are just bats wise. The prices are so cheap that if you take a look at the Tigers lineup and you go, well, these guys are better than the Tigers, but they're priced about the same. So that's why I'd love to either see Canning be 20% owned and me play a stack against him than, or Canning be 4% owned and just play a lot of him. Michael Waka on the other side. Any interest in um, good old Michael Waka? Uh, he doesn't pass the Musgrove test. <laughs> he's 5K. <laughs> but he's Michael Waka. He's been terrible this year. Um, I don't know what's gotten into him, but there's one thing that, that has certainly gotten into him, and that's the home runs. He's allowing a 3.00 home run per nine to right-handed hitters this season. And when we're looking at the Angels, Mike Trout and Justin Upton are two of your favorite plays when you're looking at potentially playing the Angels. So I'm a so what stinks here is we're not going to get Otani because you know we're obviously going from the AL to the NL and they're not going to let him play the field. Um, I don't even think they'll let him play first base. So we're obviously losing one of the bigger bats here. Um, and but Trout Upton are two two guys that we certainly need to be looking at here against Waka. I just don't know about fitting Trout in a lineup like in cash. If you're going to play Sal Nola or something, like I don't even know if you're going to be able to pay 5800 for an outfielder. So it's 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 one of those things that in GPP, if he's going to be popular at that price, it's a 14 game slate. I'll I'll have zero. I, I mean, I did it the other day, and of course he had a home run and a grand slam, and it killed me. But at 5800, like he has to put up some ridiculous score in order to beat me. That I think I could get the points out of a higher priced pitcher that I don't need to do that. And obviously if you're going to stack uh, the angels, you almost have to play trout anyway, because that there's no, I'm not going to play Listella pool holes up in Calhoun or something, and then leave trout off the stack. It's like if, if the team does well, trout does well. I mean, you, you don't see, you know, trout's Oh, for five and the angels score 14 runs. And the only thing that is interesting here for trout for tournament is if we get like a, yellow orange and people start to get scared like anytime the weather report starts to say orange on it people get really concerned so like if we're gonna get trout at lower ownership because of the weather i like i might i, I think i like trout like over yelich today um it's close but i man walk has just been giving up so many home runs to righties and trout's just probably the best i, I shouldn't even say probably he's the best right-handed hitter in baseball um so Justin Upton, you know, another guy, 4,100. If you want a cheap one-off, like he he's your guy today. 4,100 is just, that's a phenomenal price tag for Upton today. Right. Walker doesn't miss bats. So I, I'm less concerned about the K rate from uh, the Angels hitters. Um, you know, we kind of talked about St. Louis. Um, do you approach them more like a stack or do you want to play them more as one-offs? Well, I mean, the positionally, I mean, you have Carpenter at third base, Dijon gets shortstop, Goldschmidt first, and two outfielders and a catcher. I mean, they're very easy to stack up positionally. Uh, I'm more inclined, if Canning is going to be popular, then stack against him. But if he's not going to be popular, I could see playing a two or three man because they're cheap. This would be like if you're playing the Red Sox as a five man, if you're playing Minnesota as a five man, and you need a cheap three man to go along with it. 
I mean, look at these prices. DeJong, 4100 I mean, you're going to pay maybe not even 12 k for three guys. And yeah, you're probably not going to be playing Sale, but if you're going to play the two mid-price pitchers, like these seem like, yeah, Canning can give up power. So playing, I mean, Ozuna's 4400 There are other players on the slate. Yaziel Puig is 4400 I mean, so, I mean, you, you look at the prices and the Cardinals, if you overextended over a two-year sample size, take a look at these names. Like, they should be better. They should. They they certainly should. I think I would stack them. That, I don't think I play one-offs here. If I'm going to pick on Canning and I'm going to try to play it as a leverage play, um, I stack them. Giants, Diamondbacks, 10 total. Jeff, the Sharks, Samarja against Taylor Clark. Clark is a 136 favorite. Uh, any interest here in the Shark? Uh, no. I I used to like playing the Shark until uh, it killed all my lineups. I mean, I just don't think Samarja is a good fit against the Diamondbacks lineup in Arizona. Roof open. Um, roof is supposed to be open Friday, Saturday to be closed Sunday since we're not doing the podcast this weekend. Give you guys a heads up. Um, yeah, I'm not playing the shark here. Zero chance. He does not pass the Musgrove test. I like that. Uh, Taylor Clark on the other side of this game. He's been terrible. Do you want to know how bad the giants are? Taylor Clark's a favorite here. Um, I- I'm not playing him either. No, I'm, I'm stacking against him. Yeah, roof open, ballpark upgrade for the Giants. We're getting Brandon Belt at 4K, um, Yaz at 39. Like, yeah, I could stack a two-man. <laughs> two-man? This is my vomit stack of the day. This is oh, five-man. I like it better than the the, the Marlins. I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Right. This was my favorite vomit stack. Because, look, you got panic at second base. Because <laughs> look at the positions you could fill. You're going to play lefties against Clark, especially. So you have Brandon Crawford, who's 3,100. He could hit one out. I mean, Posey's a shell of himself, but he fills a catcher spot at 3,400. This is the type of five-man that may be a 3% owned stack that your three-man to go along with it could be three great hitters, and you could still pay up for pitching. So if the Giants come in at these prices, they don't have to score 15 runs or anything, but these guys could pay off their prices if the, the Giants score eight or nine runs against Clark. And yeah, at the, yeah, I mean, Randy Crawford, home run, that's 14 points. Belt, home run. That I mean, you could easily win a GPP if this goes off and the prices are worth it. While looking at the Diamondback side, like it's kind of hard to, I typically don't like stacking against Samarja anyway. I just pick one-offs for home runs. So I'm looking at more guys like Peralta. But like the stack, like, yes, it fills second base and you get Escobar at third base. But for these prices, like it's just going to cost too much. Yeah, um, I, I vomit stack of the day. You know that that's that's a good one. Um, you could taste it in your mouth. You do it. You, it's one of those things. I I my last GPP win was a twenty k win on a five man vomit Marlin stack because you do it. You have the you taste like vomit in your mouth, and then every once in a while it turns into like uh, it, it, it does well uh, most of the time it doesn't i've done it with the tigers and it hasn't worked then but uh <laughs> i'll go back to, i'll if i'm playing 60 80 entries uh, in these large field gpps i have no problem running 10 or 15 of these five man really cheap stacks cuz then what ends up happening is that you know like, who would have thought the giants scored 14 runs and i have the whole stack at like 2% owned and you get you get and then you pay up for pitching so 
you, you win both ways. But understand that it's a low percentage shot. Like, I'm not looking at the Giants going, I want to play these guys. It's just that the price against that pitcher in that ballpark. When do you ever see the Giants at 4.7 runs? Right? So why not? Give it a shot. Hey, listen, I, I get it. Um, it's one of those things where, you're like, your pitchers are doing really well. You get the points from the guys that you play as one-offs next to it, and you're like, all right, time to crack a beer and watch the Giants. <laughs> it's a late um, hammer. It's the late. It's a it's a late vomit hammer. <laughs> um, as far as Arizona, you know, you mentioned one-offs. Peralta, uh, Marte, Escobar would be the one-offs, but uh, David Peralta is too cheap today at forty-four hundred against the Shark. Yeah, I think that would be definitely a viable cash play. Um, he's in there right now. Uh, let's move on. Tampa, Oakland. It'd be Steinek and then Beeks following him and Tanner Anderson on the other side. Um, any interest here in Jalen Beeks? I I typically never play PLRs, so no. Yeah, you're not playing a, a lefty against Oakland anyway, even in Oakland. Um, uh, any interest here in Tanner Anderson? Well, the last time that he they pitched, he actually got strikeouts, but based on his his uh, minor league profile, he's really just a ground ball pitcher that limits contact. Apparently, the, he did get some strikeouts, but I I consider that to be kind of a shock. And he's sixty seven hundred, and who's twelve hundred less than Tanner Anderson? Obviously, doesn't pass the Musgrove test. He yeah, he's sixty seven hundred. Might have some recency bias because he did get some strikeouts. Um, he faced Tampa and put up a, a solid outing against them, but. Everything, like you said, when you look at his AAA numbers, he really hasn't had a season. His his highest strikeout rate was in low A ball at 23.1%, never been over 20% in single, double, or triple A. Um, honestly, I think I could go out in low A ball and have a 20% K rate. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think so on Anderson here. Um, not necessarily saying that I would stack the Rays here because he is a ground ball guy, and they really don't have – massive fly ball guys it's just he's not cheap enough that if he goes out and puts up a brett anderson type of game with a bunch of ground balls and easy outs he's not going to pay off this price tag um you know you can always play meadows you can always play Lau, but honestly it's just not a spot that i love tampa well not in oakland i look at these prices and go like i'd almost rather play the giants than the the rays at these prices uh and the stack doesn't even look all that appealing anyway you're gonna uh, meadows fam kiermeyer garson it's you, you gotta play at least three of those guys and they'll fill all your outfield spots i could see if you want to punt at shortstop you play adames or wendell or janino to punt at catcher but those are the types of things where you, you build your whole lineup and you're just like i need some like willie adames may be better than miguel rojas and that doesn't say much Zanino, I will say, is probably one of my favorite punt catchers just because of the power upside. And he is he has tended to see a fly ball guy, but he's been awful lately. Uh, so Oakland Bats, uh, knowing that we're going to get Beeks, uh, the lefty, I, I think it'd be interesting to see what the lineup looks like. You know, if they put the the righties towards the bottom, knowing that it's going to be an opener like Kana and um, Pinder, you know, obviously those guys – potentially get two or three bats um, against the lefty, but Chris Davis, 4,100 is a guy that instantly stands out against the lefty. Doesn't he have only like one hit in the past, like 55 at bats or something? Perfect. <laughs> Jock was doing that and he just got a couple home runs over the last couple of days. Uh, little Jack jams. Now the A's are the type of team where 
you look at the prices and go, oh, this is a stackable team. Semyon fills a shortstop spot. You got Chapman against the lefty at third base. Chris Davis obviously is 4,100. You could fill even go with the like the nine one two three four type and take Fegley to fill a catcher spot. And you do this, and I do this. It seems like every other slate, and the Athletics put up like five runs, and like not much happens. But the prices are tempting, only because there's no one in this lineup currently that's over forty four hundred. And actually, he's the lefty against the lefty. You probably don't want to play. So I could see playing a Biscotti, Davis, Chapman, Semyon. You could play Profar at second base or Fegley. Uh, the only thing is, I've done I've done this before. I've lived to tell the tale that you don't <laughs> win doing this. Uh, Chapman, Davis, really the only two guys that I love. Um, and by love, I, I like the price. Um, I like the hard hit rate and price um, against lefties this season. When we when we dig into their numbers against lefties, Chris Davis fifty three point five percent hard hit rate and Chapman forty five percent hard hit rate. 362 ISO and a 333 ISO. So, like, those are the two guys that I want um, facing the lefty here. Baltimore at Seattle. Um, I'm seeing a couple different things here as far as the starting pitcher for Baltimore. Uh, I'm seeing Yacobonis. I'm seeing that they might use Gil Martin. Um, I think it's still up in the air because everything I've read is it's potentially. Um, so, we'll have to see what happens here. It's tough to break down these games. Um, I say it all the time. You know, if it's Jakob Bonus, I probably don't have interest. Um, when do you have like, interest in an Orioles pitcher anyway? Hey, I played Dylan Bundy. Okay, he's the only pitcher that that you ever have interest in, and you don't like it. That's <laughs> that that's he passes the Musgrove test, but you know you, you still don't like playing him. Yeah, it's like even Gil Martin. Every time that we've seen him, um, we we've seen him with the Mets. Uh, I think is the team that we mostly seen him with in the in the majors. It's not like he's a a massive ground ball or a massive strikeout guy. He's more of just a guy that pitches to, towards contact. So if he's the guy that gets called up, like I, I, there's a high probability I don't play any of these Baltimore pitchers. And you definitely don't play Mike Leake at eighty seven hundred. No, why is he so expensive? Um, <laughs> like I, I like picking on Baltimore, and I know and I understand we get them in Seattle here, and but oh, that's just it, it's that that price tag is ugly. Paxton is cheaper. Nola is cheaper than Mike Leak. There is a lot of pitchers on this slate that I would much prefer um, over Mike Leak at eighty seven hundred. Like I would play Keuchel, um, and I hate Keuchel today. Before I would play Leak, just because Mike Leak doesn't strike people out. He put up his 30-point game already this season. I don't have to worry about him doing it again, so I'm perfectly fine with fading him here. Uh, if you want to play him, go be my guest. Um, Baltimore Bats, anything standing out to you here? Look how cheap they are, but they're horrible. That's the whole it's thing. Terrible. I look at this, I look at this, and I go, the 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 bat the bats that I like the best as like filler type of stuff would be VR leading off at a shortstop position for 3,800 or second base, or you play Chance Cisco at 3,300 at catcher. But still, to me, 3,300 at catcher is still too expensive. If you're playing like Sale up top, you're probably punting even lower. And I'm not going to try to prioritize uh, Cisco in my lineup over Chris Sale. Yeah, like the only guy that I think I'd pull the trigger on is Santander. And like, we don't have a large sample size on him, but he's a guy that's been a massive fly ball guy and he's 3,300. So if I want to attack leak with a big power guy, I think Santander at 3,300, you know, is potentially a one-off just to save some money maybe, but 
that's because I get to play three outfielders and I, I don't have to worry about if he doesn't do too much here. So really it Dwight Smith jr is 4,100 and Justin Upton and Chris Davis are the same price. I'm not playing him. Like he's, he's, he's third and he's way below those other two guys at that price range. I'm a Chris Davis at 2,200. Nobody. I will play Vogelbach. You know, you mentioned first baseman, but I, I play Vogelbach every day. Even at $4,800 at the yep. a 14 game slate. Oh yeah. Dude, do you know the girth that he has? I bought a Vogelbach jersey. Like, that's how much I love this guy. Well, I'm not going to go on that journey with you. <laughs> Listen, I completely understand why uh, nobody would want to go on that journey. But 335 ISO against Ray and pitching this season, if it's Jacobonis or Gil Martin. Um, if something changes and it's not those guys, like, you know, obviously you can back off, but guy that has a ton of power is average hit distance this season against right-handed pitching is 314 so he's a guy that can hit it out of anywhere i just like the pop like the pop 4800 is expensive um is there anybody from seattle that you want to mention before we move on not really but i mean as always with the orioles uh you could always stack against them because if they hit up the starting pitcher you may get three or four innings of dan straley and, uh, even more reason to play vogelbach um rockies and dodgers seven and a half total we got marquez against bueller uh good matchup here uh as far as these pitchers go bueller's a 184 favorite uh any interest here in marquez uh not against the giants lineup with these lefties yeah you, you're just it's really hard to trust any pitcher against the dodgers at this point um you know now that jock's hitting again too um just so much power and they just don't strike out like even Peterson, when he was struggling, only a 17% K rate on the season. So it's really tough to trust these pitchers. Walker Bueller on the other side. We know Story went to the IL on Thursday. That obviously makes this lineup a little bit more friendly. Uh, is Walker Bueller maybe a guy that we pay up for to get away from Sale and um, Bauer? Absolutely. I think actually that the question, even in cash games on DK, of do you really need Sale? depending on the bats that you take. Like if Walker Bueller in this matchup, I mean, the, the Rockies have a three-run implied total. I mean, yes, they have a bunch of lefties, but Bueller strikes out lefties just as well as righties anyway. Uh, I'm not scared of the Rockies lineup outside of cores. So I could totally see Bueller getting the win, getting eight to nine strikeouts, and putting up a nice 32-point score. Is that going to be dramatically different than the $1,200 more that you're going to pay for sale? Now, you could say Bueller versus Bauer is a $300 difference. If you like Bauer more so, so be it. But I think the biggest thing uh, in both cash and GPP is whether or not Sale is going to kill you and whether or not he's necessary. And I think even in cash at 12000 Sale may not be necessary because we have guys like Bueller and Bauer in the player pool. Yeah, like I said, uh, Sale's still my top guy, but I, if, if I'm playing tournaments and I'm going to get Bueller at half the ownership, if not more than that, um, I'm certainly looking at him here um, against the Rockies team that can strike out. His pitch profile is very good and, and just in general. So um, as far as the Rockies bats, you know, you can always make a case for Blackman or Arenado, but I don't think I can make the case uh, to love them today. How do you play 5,600 for Blackman away from cores against Walker <laughs> Bueller when Trout is 5,800 and Yelich is 5,900? It's insane. That's why you just don't I'd do rather, it. I'd rather play Whit Merrifield at 5,100 
<laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, my boy Wit. Uh, yeah. Uh, Charlie Dodgers. Black Charlie Blackman is $100 more than Joe Musgrove. I'd rather play Joe Musgrove as a batter than Charlie Blackman at 5600 <laughs> um what are we doing here with the dodgers it's not like marquez um is a bad pitcher um can we play some dodgers against him i think you'd play jock as a one-off if he's leading off at 4100 i don't think that's a bad play uh i i wouldn't want to necessarily attack marquez with a with a stack or anything and these prices are i mean you'd probably have to include bellinger in the stack and he's 5,700, and there are, I'd rather play Trout. I'd rather play Yellich. I'd rather, there's other bats at that price that if, if I'm going to... Don't, I don't see the need to attack Marquez, especially with the Dodgers only having a 4.1 road total. Yeah, I just... This is going to... This, this game is the lowest total on the slate. Um, I, I, I could see the Dodgers scoring runs here. I just hope it's not by home run, and I hope it's by low-owned guys if it is, so... Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under 8K. I, I got no. Yeah. I got it. I got under 8K. I got it. it, it it's been the running joke. It's going to be Joe Musgrove. All right. Hey, I don't hate it. I'm going to take Martin Perez. I think I got a fighting shot against that. I think that's pretty good. Hey, man, all you got to do is get six. You don't have to beat me. Uh, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust up towards the top today? Uh, at pitcher? Yep. Uh, probably got to go with probably Matt Boyd. Or, I mean, over 8K, I pro I got it. I mean, hey, I got to say Mike Leak, right? Is that I too was easy? Waiting, like, I, was, I was like, why didn't he say Leak? Like... I, I was confused. It seemed like eight only eight K. I don't expect Mike Leak to be over eight K. So like, like obviously it's going to be Mike Leak. Like, why is he eight eight point seven K? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Keiko struggles. Um, I, I've really said it a, a few times, but I want to home it, pound it one more time. Uh, do not like Dallas Keiko today. So he's my guy. Uh, give me a guy to hit a home run over four K. Over four K. Uh, let's let's go with. Uh, because I'm probably going to play him stupidly anyway. Chris Davis at 4,100. I like it. Um, I'm going to take Justin Upton. I really like the spot for Jay up. Um, and I didn't want to take Trout because I feel like that's cheating. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits today. Under 4K. Um, I got to go with I got to go with my my Giants guys. And you can pick any of them you want because they're all under that price. So yeah, how about Joe Panic? Why not? All right. Is Bell under 4K? Is he? Oh, uh, he is 4K. Does All that right. count? Does it have to no, be? No, no, got to be under. Got to be under. Got to be under. Oh, so. Price so, is right. Uh. <laughs> um, Let's see. I, I'm debating on two guys. I, I've been debating on Altuve, and I've been debating on one of your Giants guys, um, Yaz. Um, I he may think... not be in the lineup. He may not even be in the lineup. Yeah, but uh, Duggar's banged up right now, so I think Yas will play. Um, I'll take Altuve, just because I think the price is absolutely ridiculous. Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Well, obviously the Giants, but I mean, that's that's wishful thinking. I think in general, probably, I mean, the top stack of the day is Texas. I can't say Ronaldo Lopez and the Sox bullpen. I mean, yeah, that's going to be the chalk, but I mean, it's rightfully so. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm um, going back to the well. Uh, I, I think Minnesota is a team that 
does not disappoint me today against Junis um, until midnight tomorrow night. I'm like, man, they, they scored shit again. Um, Jordan, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, looking forward to working together um, some next month as well. Uh, any final thoughts before you get out of here? Uh, other than uh, all the st all the stacks that I play are probably not going to do well, and uh, the and what's going to end up happening is that uh, Griffin Canning is going to go for uh, forty points, and I'm going to play the Cardinals against him. This typically is what exactly what happens to me. I really hope Canning does that. Um, on that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. If you're looking for NASCAR stuff, make sure you head on over to rotogrinders.com/nascar. We have a road course race this weekend. I'll be providing all the content uh, driver by driver breakdown will be very important this week. Uh, kind of seeing how the drivers react with the carousel for the first time since 1997. So if you want to check that out, make sure you head on over there. Check that out. Uh, we'll be back talking baseball on Monday. Good luck in your contest and we'll see you guys again on Monday.